Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Welcome back to SASP. <laughs> We're talking about the Writers Guild of America. Let me, let me just say this first. We had the best intro to a podcast of all time. But then a young gentleman who works for us is about to be fired. <laughs> Nico, it's okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The memory card was full. So now we have to do it all over again. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it started with flattery. Always the best. Oh, yeah. Way. No, there's. Okay. Yeah, we got it. So I got to do that again. A computer programmer says, I know what I'm talking about, about chat GBT. Ha, ha, yeah, ha. exactly. Experienced computer programmer, though. <laughs> Says that your metaphors are even spot on. Oh, good. And you do understand oh, good. AI. One thing about my metaphors, they're always on the spot. Right. There's a spot and they're on it. Spot on. on it. Um, yeah. Anyway, we will talk a little bit about ChatGBT. Not much, but mostly because I had some calls today. And one, what I was, what I was saying to the void what I was saying into the turned void. out it was only me listening. Yeah, Brian and I were having a good chat, <laughs> um, which is normally how I view this anyway. But we were having a good chat, and what I was saying into the void is that I was on a call today with a long-term, experienced LA operative in the entertainment industry, decades of representation experience at the, the biggest agencies there are, and they were telling me that ChatGPT is already eliminating TV jobs, and uh which in my opinion just reveals how unimportant that writing was. Yeah, so you're you know, saying the low tier just, script yeah, just generation. Work. But people who are in the writer's room and they're just iterating and iterating and they're just finding and replacing characters and shifting voice and then they're handing it to a boss who's actually writing it and signing it and getting the credit. So a lot of people who run these, these big shows and it says created by their name mm -hmm. on the front card, the grunt work is all happening with low tier writers. So that would have happened with, uh, sorry, what's the one we, the one we watched the TV show? Severance. That would have happened with like created by Affleck or whatever his name Stiller. is. Stiller. Stiller. Yeah. Mix up the two. Yeah. So he would have uh, grunts working for him and he would do, he would do writing. He would do a writing at the point of origin and he would do polishes. Mm. And so you have, but really it's, it's less him and it's more guys who have, big tv operations and they're spitting out you know a ton of different big you know big shows so stiller's not doing a ton he can afford to be like really hands-on mm -hmm. and i don't know how hands-on he was with that show but he can afford to be very hands-on and the way apple pays and everything else he's incentivized to do that but when you are a sorkin a murphy a shonda you know like these different people who run you know tend to run big operations and have a bunch of people on staff then they're going to have an idea. Like ideas will be pitched to them. They'll say, yeah, this is a great idea. They'll have somebody iterate it. It'll come back to them. They'll write on top, change things, and then, or even just say, ah, change these and send it back. And so you're moving, you're going to move according to this rep. They were telling me that they're seeing that luminary, you know, the big name, and then two people underneath that luminary where there were four to six. Mm. And also, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is striking right now as of next week, and all writers in the guild are not allowed to work for money. Oh wow! From anybody, 
period. And both sides are super entrenched and it's ultimately over streaming royalties mm -hmm. and you know, mm -hmm. the, just the nature of the revenue uh, on streaming. So yeah. in the past, uh, so with Hello Ninja, if I, if I had sold Hello Ninja to Nickelodeon 12 years ago, then it would have had a first run, a second run, you know, and it would have had rerun royalties and all this other stuff. And there would be windows and then Nickelodeon could be done with it. And then it could still go be licensed somewhere else and sold somewhere else. Now with streamers, things are perpetually on air. And so right. once Hello Ninja is on Netflix, it's never done. Yeah. All four seasons are on Netflix and they're just sitting there. So there's a, there's a lot of tension around uh, profit and all that kind of stuff. And the studios and the streamers to, according to my informants, are extremely entrenched. And this is a strike that could last a very long time. And the, the agents and reps I've talked to about it are telling me that studios and streamers are going to be taking the next six to nine months to really iterate their use of chat GBT. Yeah. Because when, when you have a strike, you can always bring in labor from scabs. somewhere else. Yeah. Scabs. And this scab happens this scab to be. This scab happens to be Microsoft. <laughs> and... Um, but the uh, it's 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 kind of um, yeah it's kind of it's kind of wild. So we have uh, a moment in time where the guild is going on strike, and the streamers and the studios are going to be incentivized to have producers, people who are, you know, they're they're in producer roles. They don't have to be on strike, right? Prompting and lackeys prompting chat and running already written drafts of shows that they would like to make through iterations and polishes. Because there's no writers. There's no writers. And so they're going to get better and better at it. And they might even end up green lighting some shows that are like 80% chat, which is kind of wild. That is crazy. But it is, in my opinion, if you're that easy to eliminate, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, you, it's, it's tough. Now, it's really tough because that's how young writers would like pay their dues and climb up and become that luminary is that they would go through that process. So it so knocks out a bit of it the It eliminates ladder. a step yeah. and it eliminates a ladder and how people move up is going to be interesting. But they're, you know, cream will find a way to rise. Yeah. So anyway, that's my Writers Guild of America bulletin. I'm officially on strike next week, which is funny. Some of you might not think of me as a union man. But <laughs> I hope that's in your Twitter bio. The, the, problem, the problem is that yeah, I sold a property to Lionsgate and they were having me write some features and other stuff. And they are a signatory of the guild, which means they're just like, you have to sign up. And the guild was, is going to take a, a piece of your earnings mm -hmm. through, through this job. No, that's the union I know and love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to take a piece of your earnings. I'm on a show right now. Uh, with a very, very talented writer and friend that I can't talk about, but where they green light the pilot, they're like, okay, we can go to pilot now. So we're going to pay for the pilot. But both of us are guild because both of us have had to be guild mm -hmm. and I have been made to be guild at different points. And the problem is neither of us are allowed. Like, we're just not allowed to write or they will come after us hard. Um, and in his case, uh, there's a pretty like Cadillac gold uh, healthcare plan through the guild. And that's where he has his healthcare. So I have very, I've, there's no consequences for me. Like I'm, I'm pretty free and easy. Mm -hmm. uh, but for him, uh, it would be a big, big deal. 
to to lose his guild membership at this point because once and I having had brain surgery, I know this too. Like it's if I lose my healthcare and I go to get new healthcare, like yeah, it's like hi. So pre existing conditions, brain tumor. <laughs> like it's they all say uh huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> fantastic you will be paying so much a month it's probably not worth it so anyway that's why he's he's in the guild i'm in the guild because they made me once uh and currently i have to behave by those rules i need to be looking and fully assessing what exactly i'm allowed to do and whether or not i exit the guild at this point this podcast may have to take a six to nine months (laughs) for the writers luckily we don't write any of this (laughs) it's all written by non-guild writers the teleprompters are yeah yeah, yep. it's perfect. So, what are we talking about other than strikes and well, uh, <clears throat> chat? Right. Um, Mariah asks on the next episode, can Nate give the tune for the fairies go to war song in the hundred cupboards? No. There we go. We'll move on from that. Is there a tune? Mm-hmm. Do you know it, or, <laughs> or just the characters? <laughs> I would need to go back to the page and read it, and I'm sure I can find it. Okay, but nice. yeah. There was was a tune. But in case you thought he was going to be singing into these microphones. Just ain't going to happen because the Singers Guild is on strike. Yeah. And I have to, I do, I am nothing if not a completely compliant union man. (laughs) Yeah. You're saving up for your Broadway debut. (laughs) (laughs) Which I pitched today. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. (laughs) Inside, inside stuff at some point. I was told that would make so much money. Okay. Would being that uh, I think that's an if unreal, any of us that's an unreal conditional uh, yeah, people say yeah, yeah. when they're like that's not happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, okay someone compared Slumdog to a a Forrest Gump functionally it's the same sort of eh. lucky coincidence how do you feel about that is it is it oh I see the connection yeah yeah I don't I don't think they're making anything up but it's the driver is fundamentally different yeah so. Forrest Gump has kind of a humanism to it, uh, and Slumdog very much does not. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's uh, Sl- Slumdog has the has blessing and providence and the divine kind of mm-hmm. there. There's judgment. You know, you you see the two ways, and you see judgment, you see blessing. Uh, but in Forrest Gump, you just see episodic uh, long shots, right? And I think it's fun. You know, yeah. but it's, it's, uh, it's similar. I get, I understand why they, they pick up the similarity, but I think the architecture is different. Yeah. You know, kind of like the driver at the bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, I think we, we do want to tease, don't forget to watch Jesus Re- revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll confirm in my text right now. Do we have, uh, let's see here. We will be having John on the podcast to talk about Jesus Revolution. So if you have questions for John Irwin, co-director and producer of Jesus Revolution, like store them up, send them in yep. so that we can. Uh, Very exciting. This yeah. uh, To be able to talk to a creator about something this fresh is kind of fun. Yeah. 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 It's great. So he was excited to do it and get your questions in. We'll talk to John Irwin. Yeah. Meanwhile, do we announce the next one? Um. Yeah. Now let's okay. do it. Or do we wait till we have John on? I don't know. Is John going to like this next pick? <laughs> <laughs> He'd better. Uh, the next movie, and I know people have been around me uh, of late, meaning like in the last couple of years, 
already know what I think of this film, but the next movie I'm going to make y'all watch is Jojo Rabbit. Okay. So it is going to be fun. And I kind of, I kind of want people's reflexive reactions to it and then make your case. Yeah. So I, I'd like to hear people not just, uh, react like I don't like cherry pie, which I don't usually. You know, like people people react with uh Yeah, you will have an emotion. Versus, yeah, sweet versus savory. People people react to their proclivities where yeah. it's like, I hate this, I like Doritos. I love this, this is exactly my pre existing taste. Like don't just love or hate it, but actually try to unpack what it accomplishes, what it does, why it does that, how it does that. Yeah. And and try to have a really kind of reasoned and measured position on the film especially because that's one of those that feels so director driven like taiko very much taiko so. movies feel like a taika. thing we can go with taika 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 how do you even say his last name Waititi. Waititi. there yeah. you go Waititi movies yeah they feel like i feel like you can taste his film and then sometimes he goes way overboard yeah <laughs> you know i'm thinking yeah. of and and you can tell what that taste is but no, he likes to work with eggs, and sometimes there's too many. Yeah, <laughs> he over-egged it. Too many eggs in the pudding. But he's a genius, and he really is a genius. He's a genius-level storyteller. So do not reflexively uh, react. So think of it this way, and I'll even kind of stack this against me. It's like me saying, I want you to try this oatmeal raisin cookie. Yeah. And this is, I can say, this is an amazing oatmeal raisin cookie. The thing I personally hate and loathe about oatmeal raisin cookies is that they're not chocolate chip. Yes. They're fake. And so people, but they people look like chocolate chip. Yeah. When you get a head fake and you pick it up, but when somebody says, would you like an oatmeal raisin cookie? And it's really good. And you go into it to, to gauge it and assess it as that thing. Right. Uh, there is a kind of a, a reflexive thing that we have in everything we do uh, that's very childish. And it's like a kid spitting out mac and cheese because it's the wrong kind from the box. Right. Yeah, where we just have this kind of neurotic attachment to particular things. And, and sometimes it's tied to reality and it's actually superior. And other times it's just unfair to judge pizza by lasagna standards or lasagna by pizzas right so you need to think about what is the thing what is it trying to be uh, and i can't tell you how many times i've had conversations like this about my own books and about other people's books where i don't like the space trilogy somebody says like, yeah why not it's like well because narnia in narnia i really like narnia it's like okay so that's different that's <laughs> like saying i like breakfast I don't like dinner. I like breakfast. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, these are different things and they have different goals and they have different standards by which they should be measured. Right. And when you target different readers, viewers, et cetera, and you have very specific goals, you should judge them by the achievement of those goals and also by the quality of those goals. So should that goal exist? Like, is, this is what this movie is trying to accomplish or this is what this novel is trying to accomplish. And, and this is probably what this podcast is now about, is like when we're assessing stories, storytelling, et cetera, what is the goal of the story? Yeah. What's the goal? Yep. And we can, we can measure it in terms of its goal and genre and market, but we can also measure in terms of 
the quality of that goal itself. Yeah. And so this is where we've talked, we've talked about like breaking bad before, right? Where people we've, will we've say, got, but it gives this, I got several very upset emails. So I thought, oh, fantastic. Oh, we're going to have to go back into this again. So long defenses of why breaking bad is amazing and a good, well-told okay. show, but on which level is it amazing? We've talked about the tiers of value already, right? Right. Yeah. So we should do it again though. Yeah. I don't think okay. we've done it on video. So if we talk about the tiers of value, when you're assessing something, you want to actually think about, and this is where the, the goal stacking happens. You want to think about technical value, the craft, like just craftsmanship. So mm -hmm. this is performance, cinematography, lensing, lighting, score, you know, conception, writing, dialogue, all that, all that kind of stuff, technical value. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we get into like response value, yep, which is impact on the viewer. So what did it do to you? And that's, that's back to the whole metaphor of this podcast of stories of soul food. Yeah, what when, is it trying to do When for you, you consume yeah. the meal, what did the meal do to you? Uh, and so there are people who think that Cheesecake Factory and single plates that contain 4,800 calories are the best because mm -hmm. they like it the best. And you're like, but like, okay, that's a whole lot of Alfredo sauce. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's a lot. That's a, you, you stacked up. You know, you stacked up calories, right? Response value. Did mm -hmm. it make you dumber? Did it make you smarter? Did it push you to improve? And did, it, did you engage with it and, and come out better? Are you fed? Like, are you edified? Are you deteriorated? Are you rotting? Did it plant seeds of decay and fungus? Mm -hmm. You know, did it, it, did it tickle and flatter the things? Yeah. So did it, it flatter it? And, and, and Breaking Bad, I've called vice tourism a lot. Right. Um, you know, it enables uh, enables the viewer to to relate to the guy who is the becomes the hardened criminal, and enables a bunch of suburban people to say, "Yes, I too would be an amazing crime lord." Right. Like I'd be, I'd make the best math. <laughs> I my math would be so good it would be blue, and I you know get on get on board with that. So we have technical value, value, and that's usually value too. Then you have response value, which is just simply the edification quotient right and did it make you smarter did it make you dumber and then back to loves and loyalties does it make you sympathetic and affectionate towards evil yeah or does it make you sympathetic and affectionate towards uh good righteousness sacrifice right. courage and i think a lot of christians virtues. get stuck between those two they either do all morality this one makes me want to do bad things yeah or all artistic craft yeah that, and so and, yeah and they also in down in response value, they frequently, they frequently mess up their two directions. One is they start saying it told the truth in a gritty and real way. You know, it's honest. And it's like, that's, and I respect its honesty, mm -hmm. you know, and it told, and so I respond well to it because I don't want to be patronized and I want to be told the truth. And on the flip side, you have people who say, uh, the word, but appeared. Oh, once. yes. Yeah. And yeah. And so not in our home. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. and so down at response, we have uh the gritty idiots and we have the over pious, you know, marshmallow sold yeah. people. And they tend to, those those are the ones who just react to uh response. You know, just they just react. They they're just engaging critically there. One tier up, we have technical value. That's where the gritty idiots tend to like benedict a lot of things mm -hmm. i have to watch this cinematography is amazing yeah you know i have i have to do that uh, 
put Wolf of Wall Street here. Yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, yeah, genius director. Mm-hmm. We should all watch and admire, right? And I got asked so many times. I might have said this on the podcast already, but I was getting asked so many times by uh, Christian kids, high school, college, early professional, and then all the way up to Christians who are, who are currently working in the industry, what I thought of that film, Wolf of Wall Street. And every time I would just say, that would require me to watch it. Like, yeah. I would have to watch that. Yeah, Renette, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so, finally, my wife was like, I really think you need to watch it. Just because she was with me through a ton of these conversations. And she was always shocked at how many people were celebrating it and like, oh, I watched it three times, and four times and all these things. And she said, you need to just watch this. And so the next time anybody asks you, you can tell them when you turned it off and ask them how they got past that scene where fill in the blank happened. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. So we turned it on. I think I made, I don't know. I think it was six minutes. Yeah. I made it. I think I made about a six, six minutes into the film to some really filthy stuff. And I was like, oh boy, and turned it off. And then you told me and I don't have to watch it. Yeah. And <laughs> so. the next, and the next time, the next time a bunch of aspirers asked me about it, I said, you know, I didn't get past that scene. Like I, I started it and I didn't get past that scene. I turned it off right there. And how did you get past that? Like, how did you keep watching at that point? And it immediately, the whole conversation changed and became a question about spiritual maturity and like how we discern what we watch and what we consume and the knowledge of good and evil and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Because <clears throat> when we get up to technical value, that's where my, all my gritty friends excuse bad behavior. It was well lit. The cinematography was fantastic. The score was amazing. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And they excuse crap philosophy. They excuse uh, the total manipulation of their affections towards vice. They excuse- Also just smut, a lot of smut. Yeah. 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 And they, so they excuse lots of stuff that just get desensitizes them to you know, lies and right. dirt, you know, just the, the grime will get over their souls. And that's where that happens. But- Breaking bad, I can look at and say technical value is off the charts. Response value, poor. Mm-hmm. I think it's bad. I, think, I don't think it was good for people. Uh, as uh, just consumable entertainment, I don't think it was a healthy thing. Uh, then we get to the most important one, which is objective value. And this is where we, we pick up the cat by the tail and we rub all of the relativistic fur the wrong direction. <laughs> all of the little relativists everywhere We'll be annoyed when you get to objective value and the simple question of does God like it? Yeah. Like, does, is, does God watch this? Is he aware of this? And is he pleased by it? Does this bring him pleasure? And that is the ultimate goal. We're trying to be like God. We should hate the things he hates. We should love the things he loves. And we should, uh, and this is incidentally why I can be nice about fireproof. Right. And I can be nice about fireproof and not in any way at any level be deceived about its technical value. Right. I can look at its response value. So those two are flipped. Yeah. Techn- technical level poor yeah. response value. And I'm like, okay, so the response value, how, who am I to get mad at some people who put together a couple hundred thousand dollars and made a movie that, that blasted away at pornography as, yeah. a, as a rot in the family and was successful? Do I admire it technically? No. Do I think that's the way all Christian storytelling should should happen? Absolutely yeah. not. If no. You, the conversion no. scene, would you do it differently? 100%. I right. would do everything differently. Yeah. <laughs> I would do all of it differently. And yet I can respect it 
And I can genuinely believe, I can see God's blessing on it, and I can genuinely believe that my father was pleased by their effort and could say, well done to them. Yeah. Right? And because yeah. ultimately, uh, and this is, this is the issue, ultimately, we're out of sync with God's tastes. We get out of sync yeah. with God's taste. We get out of sync with God's taste if we're marshmallow sold and we don't like how rough he plays and we don't like the Old Testament stories or the stories throughout history. We get out of sync with him there, but we also get out of sync with him when he loves people and especially when he loves goobers. <laughs> we don't mind it when he loves cool kids, but we really mind it when he, when he loves, you know, that kind of like <laughs> that little over pious kid at Sunday school, which is like, mm, like that one who just infuriates us. We don't like that. And I think I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of Christians who believe that they're better than fireproof and they are not. You yeah. Know, it's like, they're just, they're not. But the objective value is God's affections. Haven't you described that as, as I mean, functionally, you've described it as true, good, and beautiful too. Yeah. It's just that triangle. Yeah. So objective yep. value is, is it true? So true, true, good, and beautiful. And that, yeah. that'll take you through the whole Right. That'll take you through all three levels. Goods craft. You but know. if you're if you're watching right. something and reading something and you're thinking, how do I engage with this and how do I measure its uh, worth? Then you have to, you're a creature. You have to think about its impact on you as a creature, as a consumer. Yeah. Should I eat it? You know, this is like that YouTube channel, does it blend? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> should I eat this? Should I consume this? Is this good for me? Is this healthy for me? Does this challenge me in healthy ways? Does this catechize my affections and my loyalties in a way that makes me more like God or in a way that makes me less like God? Yeah. And, you know, it's like that sounds awfully pious in a bad way, but it isn't because more like God, less like God is measured by his own natural revelation, the kind of things that he made and how he tells his stories and the Bible, mm -hmm. not by Victorian sensibilities that think that God is actually a school mom. Right. When he's not. So, I'm talking about does this does this story make me more like God the Father who made ladybugs and aphids and praying mantises and falcons and lions uh, yeah. and rejoiced in the lions ripping their prey apart? Or I just saw a praying mantis eat a hummingbird. So they're <laughs> filming out the window. I was sitting on the feeder just waiting and got a hummingbird. Now that God did that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, You Whoa. saw this. No, no, no. This is a video. This is a video. I was, I was like, video. Brian, how, how do you not have footage? <laughs> yeah, I know. That would be the worst to like, miss. That's, but it's yeah. one of those things where you start to watch it and think, I don't like that. <laughs> I always root for the higher level of life. <laughs> yeah. And so God's the one who brags about listening to the ravens cry out to him all day. I'm talking about, does this, does this story make you more like that father? Mm. Uh, does this story make you more like the one who said, David is a man after my own heart? So I'm not talking about Victorian schoolmarm sensibilities. I'm talking about God himself, the way he actually is. Is this, does this actually catechize your loyalties towards things he loves? Does it make you more like him? Does it make you sharper, smarter, better somehow? Um, I, I or does it make you stronger in the fight? Because there's a lot of times you're watching stuff to resist it and, yeah. and war with it. And so, yeah, it makes you, it can make you more like God and can, it can refine you in his image, but indirectly, yeah, not by imitating it and just feeding on it, but by building up your own strength. I, I think it. we're really bad at that one though, the, yeah, oh, lo yeah. the loyalty one, because yep. we tend to watch a movie and say, hey, did it have a bad thing in it? And we'll say, yeah, the kid was bad to his dad. There was a raisin okay. in the cookie. Right. <laughs> and instead of saying, which is ridiculous because obviously there's going to be something wrong in the movie where right. there's conflict, right? 
yep. instead of looking at what is that film doing. And your question about loyalties, I think, is 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 a great way of thinking about a movie. Um, rather than is this a black and white check? Did it have the word "but" in it? Yeah. You know, or you know, worse words. You know, yeah. I could only take one of those in my movies. Otherwise, you know that yep. that approach rather than how is it strengthening you is a key one for yeah. that triangle. What are you getting out of the experience of, yeah. of donating 85 minutes to two and a half hours to it Yeah, in a feature setting? And, and that's, longer and think about that, setting. not is this movie good or bad? Are you, what are you getting Wicked, out of it? Yeah. That's the, what, are, what ROI are you getting mm. on those hours that you're investing in the show, mm. in the movie? Yeah. That's response. That's the response value. Yeah. Technical value, pretty easy to get to. Objective value, in order to really measure that, you need to get to know God better and better and better and better right. your whole life. And Is so, this story telling the truth yeah. about this kind of person and yeah. this kind of character? And so there's a lot of times, and this, this is how we got onto this whole discussion, right? Is if you take Jojo Rabbit, you take a movie like it, and you say, okay, let's get right into technical value. Let's get into response value. Did I benefit from investing my time in watching that film? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like I did. How is it crafted? I can talk about its technical value. We get up to the objective value, and this is where people need to realize that their disagreement is. Mm -hmm. So the disagreements about this film come up there, and they, yeah. tend to, they tend to actually present them as if they're down on response. And they say things like, I don't like oatmeal raisin cookies. Mm. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Uh, but it's like you're against the whole endeavor. Yeah. Like you're, you're against it. It could never, it, this could never succeed. There's no place on the planet for an oatmeal raisin cookie. And I say this as like, I, I use this as an example because I really don't like oatmeal raisin cookies. I get it. <laughs> and yet even so, there's times when it would just hit the spot. I'll eat if it if it it's was, right out of the oven. <laughs> if it was accurately advertised. Yeah. Of, hey, would you like an oatmeal raisin cookie? Yeah. You could be like, yeah, you know, that could, that could hit the spot. If you get the head fake of chocolate chip and it's not, that's a if problem. You try to order at the coffee shop. But the th anybody who the criticizes it for not being something else, it's kind of bizarre to me. You know, it's, it's like criticizing, you know, any, any number of things. Like, I hate donkeys. And you're like, why do you hate donkeys? And they're like, because they're not horses. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. So, so, but as a donkey, was that a good donkey? Is it like, is it a good, there should not be donkeys, says the person. Yeah. There just shouldn't be. Why? Because I hate them. Why? Because I love horses. And that's as far as they get. It's yeah. like, I love chocolate chip cookies, so there should never be yeah. a donkey. Well, <laughs> you know, like I, man, I, we're having the worst time right now where we very carefully, we publish occasionally unpopular books. But we're, we're having this thing where people keep saying, your book says this thing that it overtly does not say. And they keep returning to it over and over and saying, yeah, but this thing is really bad. Yeah. And they just want the two things to be the same. Like they yeah. They really looking, want. Yeah. They're looking to equivocate stuff. Right. And they, and they cannot interact with a book on its own merits. It must be interacted with proxy merits that we've yeah. already decided true or false. I and think that's the kind of thing where uh, if you have a film where uh, there is something, there's an obscenity, there's a curse word. And people are mad that it's there. And it's like, well, but was it used appropriately? Is it, and I mean in the context of the story, yeah. is it used appropriately? Is it actually um, a good thing that it's there for the whole? Or did you just notice that there's an ingredient that you think never should be allowed? Um, 
And there's a place for that. There's ingredients that should never be allowed because the the reason why we're all fallen is because of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. There is a knowledge of good and a knowledge of evil that is meant to be beyond us. Yeah. It's like, we're not supposed to be in the hotel room on the wedding night. We're not supposed to be Mm. in that horrible, horrible sex trafficking brothel in Bangkok where like the knowledge of that evil will destroy and corrupt us. Right. And there are plenty of people who, courtesy of the internet, find out about every bad thing happening mm-hmm. all around the world and it breaks them, it crushes them. Like the knowledge of evil is actually it's a, a very it's a dangerous caustic. It's thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it's it's going to melt you down. It's going to break you. And then on the flip side, the thing people don't understand is the knowledge of good also. There are places mm-hmm. where the knowledge of goodness is something that should be out of reach for you. You shouldn't be over there. You don't just because it's in the real world doesn't mean you have access to it. It doesn't. Well, are you thinking? I mean, obviously, I can reason from God saying He can't show His self to Moses without Moses dying. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure. How does that? How does that work on a practical level? You just mean past, pastorally? There's particular situations that the average person is not ready to find wisdom in. Or yeah. is that what are you? What's but also the, there? that uh, in in Narnia, there's some great wisdom when Aslan is constantly saying to people, "That's not your story." Oh yeah, like that's not for you. Oh, so it's more also just like, mind your own business. Yeah, it's like that's not for you. That's going to distract you. It's going to poison you with envy. <clears throat> mm, yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna, you know. And actually, ultimately, this is both of these things: the knowledge of good and evil are one of the big poisonous uh, is the poisonous root of like pornography Hmm. you know so you know somebody couldn't say but hey that that woman was actually really beautiful objectively beautiful and you're like oh but that's yeah that's not for you yeah it's like no that's that beauty is not yours like no right turn away walk away walk away you know it's like it's like you don't have a right to that it's not for you this Mm -hmm. is not um but then the same time you have all the evil there as well and so then people are all like ricocheting between the darkness and the envy, the coveting, the desiring the thing that's not for them. This, this goes for cars, money. Yeah. It's like you know, why it's you like, don't know how much other people make. Right. Why yeah. is a bad thing to Just, know how much so other there's, people make. <laughs> there's, there's so much of life that it's like if you spent all your time reading reviews of wine that you could never afford to taste. Yeah. Like, what a waste. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? You know what you should do is what you should do is is become a connoisseur of things you can't afford. <laughs> and and by the way, as a side note, to call it to my uncle Gordon, who's in Riot in the Dance, he's one of the most gifted guys at this I've ever seen, and he's such a connoisseur of the small things. Mm. And like, you know what? Let's talk about the exact premium best time to eat a Fruit Loop. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. He's like. There's a way in which the milk and the timing and it's got to be like, mm, yeah. you know, it's like he is so grateful and such a grateful person and whatever God's given him, yeah. he, he studies it. He doesn't just whip past it. It's like it's in front of him. It's and an, God gives it this could, to me intentionally. Be, yeah, it yeah. could be a Fruit Loop or a cornflake, and he's going to be like, let me really take a look at this. <laughs> if it's this ant, if it's a little brown beetle, you know, it's like, it doesn't yeah. matter. And that equips him to be really faithful with the crazy adventures and the stuff and right in the dance where we're, you know, he's off in the Serengeti or he's in Sri Lanka and he's seen amazing things. He's already been faithful with, you know, basic thief ants and garter stakes, mm. you know, for a long time. He's been amazed. 
yeah. like really truly amazed and has learned more and more and more about them and been more deeply amazed by them and that equips them to move on so the knowledge of good and evil i think ultimately can be summed up as what aslan does in narnia where it's like it's not for you gotcha like don't worry about that it's only gonna poison you yeah. and we just think about the darkness you know just the darkness being that but it's actually a whole bunch of wish fulfillment storytelling that does that too uh, that seduces people into uh, envy and coveting and the grass is always greener and mm. you know and and that kind of a thing so so flipping this back around to breaking bad I, yeah I, I should say these actually weren't angry emails these were just they wanted they wanted the i'm full sure take. i'm sure there were some angry ones let's just go ahead and even, even, if we have to, even if we have to <laughs> fictionalize them i'm, I'm sure chat gbt could generate some for us <laughs> but the, the idea there is that you know you're watching the decline of walter white so he's basically the antagonist they say and hank the cop after him is the protagonist <sighs> So why do you sigh over that? <laughs> Carry on. Um, and so as you watch this protagonist come to the fore and the antagonist be revealed, you know, you can see the value in the story because good guy on the heels of the bad guy, good guy wins at the end. Does he? You know, and here I have to say, I've never watched. Problem with being around Nate a lot is you're like, oh, I guess I don't really need to spend a lot of time on, like, on Breaking Bad. <laughs> Nate already did it. And so I'm I didn't gonna watch on other things. I've only, I've only watched some of it. Um, yeah. The, I, I mean, to me, that seems to be a misunderstanding of protagonist and antagonist. Right? Yeah. Where are your sympathies? Yeah. I think that's a fair question. Where are your sympathies? And, and it's where? five seasons. You can't say at the end of the five seasons, my sympathies have shifted. Yeah. Walter needs to be taken down. Yeah. Um, so the um the the simple fact is this was very successful because it was well crafted but also because it was scintillating and and capitalized on the wish fulfillment aspect of vice tourism. Yeah. So I mean I think specifically too that's that just that's the market reality. It feels right? like there's been a major movie made about each drug when it hits popular culture. Right, yeah. you have American Gangster and get like the yep. the cocaine movie, and then you have a lot of cocaine shows. Yeah, movies. and and then this one is the first one I recall about meth that kind of made a movie about meth that isn't just wow, watch it wrecked your neighbor. Just watch meth heads, just right? Be awful, yeah. right? And and so and I know there's like a lot of pop movies too that that have come out, and usually they're comedies, but the pop movies, and it seems to me that that those ingredients combined to have it be pretty novel. Like yeah. watching a relatively good guy, right? Isn't this the whole idea? It's a good guy who decides yeah, a to use teacher. a good guy who decides to use a bad weapon to get something good and it kind of corrupts him. I'm not denying that we see his slow motion corruption. No. Right? We do. But there's a couple of things here. One is uh I didn't need to go on that long. Like there was it ran out. Like, okay, so if you want to talk about people making the wrong choice and you're going to tell you're going to write a cautionary tale about the destruction of a chemistry teacher who decided to make meth like okay a is that a, is that like a big problem we have a lot of chemistry teachers doing like it's <laughs> bunch of high school chemistry chemistry teachers are making blue meth and they're doing such an amazing bang up job at it that we we must have yeah a show the people the people of north america absolutely need yeah 
to follow the exploits. I, I of, woke up one day and was tempted to start cooking math in a trailer. Yeah, who good good thing Breaking good thing Bad. I had seen Breaking Bad, and I'd seen where that ended after many millions of dollars and yeah. and everything else and power and all that other jazz. So you know the character was impressive, but the rationalizations around watching the whole thing are maybe the most impressive of all. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I think we like this film. We've seen The Godfather. It's the same film, done way so better. Done if way you, better. If you actually, uh, if if you studied, if you if you are a future TV guy, and you're working in TV, I can see saying, "Man, I need to, I need to actually learn structure. I'm going to follow the structure of Breaking Bad. I'm going to outline this. I'm actually, I have a map of season one, season two, season three, and I'm outlining it. And I'm looking at the movements and I'm charting the character." I'm thinking about how do they do this and have it so compelling and so commercially successful. I have no beef with you. Yeah. You know, you've got that, that cadaver on the table and you're doing work. You know, it's like that's a different kind of a thing than mm. uh, suburban dads and moms working nine to five. You know, dad comes home, kids are in bed and I'm like, oh, put my feet up and I want to watch something. What do I want to watch? What yeah. itch do I have? I, I need to watch the next episode of Breaking Bad. I, I got to see it. It's not because you're doing that. It's not how you're engaging with it. You're engaging with it as food that's catechizing you. Mm. You know, it's pushing you one direction or another. And I think you now to yeah. say it's there's a there's a big gulf between is it doing something really good for you and is it and is it lawful? I'm not saying it's unlawful, right? To have watched it, I'm not trying to say that. They think you're saying this is bad because there are bad things in it. Which, as we've highlighted at first, no, not really, not, not really my jam. Yeah. Um, and the question is, be honest with yourself. About, I, I used to be incapable of turning something off or not reading a book. The first time I stayed up all night, I was reading a terrible Crusader novel, and it was sixth grade, and I was like, "This is awful," and I need to stay up all night on a school night reading reading this book just to make it stop. I have to get to the end. And so I finished it. And my dad found me, um, found me, it might've been, might been junior high, but I think it was sixth grade. Uh, he found me in the morning with my light on when he got up at like 6 a.m. to go to work. And he was like, I just finished. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I just, I had to finish this. And he <laughs> was like, what? And I said, I said something trying to explain it. He's like, just don't, just don't do that again. I'm like, okay. I went off to school exhausted and it was a horrible thing. And I have awful memories of that book. <laughs> uh, but my only way to quit a story was to get to the end. And it mm. took a long time before I had the maturity to stop mid narrative. You know, it was, it was probably college, you know, before. And if something was awful, I'd turn it off or whatever. But uh, for reasons like that, but, you know, it was hard, like just not reading books. Um, and my, my favorite is still the fountainhead, which I quit 50 pages from the end, uh, after reading like 1100 pages, it was like, this is stupid. And I threw it across the room and uh, that's it. I've never finished it. I'm kind of proud of that fact. Um, but it's, so with things like breaking bad, you got to ask yourself, what is it doing to me? Like, is this good for me? Is this making me a better dad? Is this making me a better husband? Is this me just having a bowl of Doritos and some paste picante after work where it's just like, that's all it is. And it's lawful. And it's, it's 
Because that would be fine sometimes. Yeah. You know? I mean, there is. Yeah, it's totally fine. So is is that what it is? You know, and I'm I'm engaging with it and I'm making sure I'm not passively receiving it, but I'm actually actively engaging with it. I'm I'm not super worried about that. What I'm worried about is the people who became fans, uh, you know, like the the people who threw meth parties, you know, and I, I know of Christian families that hosted like breaking bad nights where the, with rock the, candy, yeah, they did. They did <laughs> oh, blue no, rock they candy, did, no, they and they all and the the chicks were all housewives were all dra- dressing up like some pretty trashy individuals, and and husbands were dressing like like uh, Walter White, and it's like, what is wrong with you? Um, <clears throat> like that's well, that's, was, that's a problem. I now, was, yeah, I was gonna say, it feels like that that cover image they use of his face was really unique. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't, but it's. I haven't seen it, like I said, but I know that image and I know the yeah. art surrounding the show really well. And everything I everything I saw was was technically high level, very well made. But that's one issue. The other issue I'd say is it's not realism and people love to argue realism. And the reason why it's not realism is because you don't run into any evangelicals. You don't run into anybody trying to save the junkies. You don't run into what actually exists. Hmm. Like what actually exists in the world is a bunch of good people on rescue missions and lifeguards and they're trying to witness and feed and evangelize and we're like those evangelicals are everywhere Mm. like those catholic missions are all over the place and they're just omitted completely kind of like religion is omitted from lord of the rings you know it's like Mm. it's just this massive blank spot but you can't go through the southwest and tell this story of moral crash and burn with a complete absence of uh joel osteen <laughs> it's like hmm. you know like and the the reach of evangelicalism and hmm. uh and people on street corners you know who are actually trying to help yeah um and hmm. that's that's a that's part of the of the real now if i was telling a story and i had this guy who became a meth kingpin and i wanted to do a real story about these real people you want to be honest about where the grace is showing up and where the light's showing up and when does that come and what is what do you see and the opportunities to repent that God presents along the way. And and you could tell a whole cautionary tale about the fall of a man into destruction. Yeah. Godfather. We've done yeah. it. <clears throat> so but anyway, as far all circling back, as far as Jojo Rabbit goes, before you reflexively say, I hate donkeys, I like horses, or on the flip side, I love this movie because I love donkeys. Oh, I love donkeys. It's mm-hmm. like, no, think, think about its actual goal, the goal of the movie itself and for the impact. And so the movie is trying to be a thing that will have a particular effect on people. So above objective up there is this target for the film. And that target has to do also with the response of the viewer, which is another way to measure it. So just make sure your response is not reflexive and try to get into, is this a good target? Is this a good target for a movie and that yeah. goes to breaking bad too the question of is this a valuable target for five seasons of, of narrative is it worth that much money and time and so with jojo rabbit like should this is the question of should there be donkeys or should there only be horses and as you come into the film you have to try to gauge what it is like it what is it like what is it trying to accomplish with its flippancy with its setting with everything else it's doing, what is it trying to accomplish? Is it accomplishing that? And is that thing it's trying to accomplish it worth it? Like, is that actually worth it? And then, yeah. and then yeah. the technical value is important, but so is, uh, you know, this, the straight up objective along with the response below. 
But don't just get sucked into your own taste real quick. I hate cherry pie. I only eat Kraft mac and cheese. Right. Don't do that. Man, I, I think probably Breaking Bad. I mean, I know the taste that that is. And I probably would like it. I like yeah. detective shows. No, I, I, know, you know. I know I could blast through. If I was like on a book tour, I know I could whip through the, all of them and right. just be like, yep, story grip, go. Because the, techn- the technical value yeah. is high. Yep. So I know the episodes are going to like flow into the next one and you're going right. to cascade through the story. And it's going to be as easy as falling downstairs to watch the whole thing. Right. Um, if I actually had the time, if I was on the airplane a lot. Um, and the question is, I look at that and I'm like, do I need, what do I gain? Do I need that? I also, <laughs> it's like I that also, means you get and you give. Yeah. I also could eat two bags of Doritos. I right. like Doritos. Yeah. You know, it's like, should I do that as well? You know, it's like, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> I should have some honesty about what's good for me or not. And I should try to actually, yeah. Uh, you know, regulate my intake however I need to. Um, but it is, so with Jojo Rabbit, that's a really long conversation around things that are unique. And so Jojo Rabbit is a very unique film. There's not a bunch of movies like this. It's going to stand out as unlike other things. That's what you're talking about in terms of Taika Waititi's flavor because mm-hmm. all of his movies have this kind of a flippancy to them. Yeah. But when he tried to do this, um, you know, and he, he plays Hitler in the film because he couldn't get any actors to successfully follow his direction. Yeah. And, and be the way he wanted Hitler to be represented. So he had to play Hitler himself, um, a Maori Jew <laughs> playing Hitler. Yeah. Um, and he does, a, he does a great job. But so watch it, but watch it in terms of like what it's trying to be. It's aiming at a particular target. And you can assess the value of that target along with the, the measurement of whether it hits the target. Yeah. So great. Very long winded discourse on. Uh, criticism and value and how Breaking Bad is something that I have never gotten past, I don't know, what episode, two or three? Yeah, I mean, it's a follow-up to our taste. Three, I think uh, I've watched three, uh, maybe four. Yeah, our You Have Bad Taste episode, which is one of our best to date. (laughs) Interesting. And I will will say, though, that it it is, I love maple bars, I love Doritos. There's things I love that I don't just pound. Yeah. And so it's not to say that if I turned it on, I'd be like, oh, this is stupid. I wouldn't watch it. It's, it's that, no, technically, I'm sure I have enough respect for it. I'm sure that the, the story grip would be there. And I would have plenty of fun eating that whole bag of Doritos. Right. And I would wonder why I was doing it and what the benefit was. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. And I know I have plenty of friends who would disagree with me completely on this, by the way. So I expect to hear from some of them. Yeah. It's not a bag of Doritos. It's a. It's foie gras. I also like foie gras and I wouldn't eat that much of it. I wouldn't eat five seasons of it. Yeah, that's a lot of <laughs> a lot of goose. <laughs> yeah, lot of, yeah. Okay, that's it. We're done. We're done. Is the card full? Do we need to do the whole thing over again? If we do, we aren't. Yeah, already. Peace out. Peace out.